John chapter 8, verse 31. And also we're going to uh, read Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. Praise God. John 8 and 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If thou continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And then Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. This is an Old Testament witness to what we're ministering about today. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree. Everyone say like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The person who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. And uh, I, I want to just uh, talk to you for a little bit tonight. I believe we're going to do a teaching series along this line. But by way of introduction, uh, introduction tonight, I want to talk to you about what what does a disciple look like what does a disciple look like and uh, we're uh, not talking much here about physical appearance because some people are tall some people are skinny some people are short some people are dumpy and uh, there are disciples of all shape, color, and size. But I, I want to I want to minister the word of the Lord here. What does a disciple look like? And let's just ask God to speak to us tonight. Lord, we're asking, dear God, that you'd speak to us, that you'd minister through your word, Lord God, and let us see, Lord, your purpose and plan for us as believers. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Just lift up your hands to him one more time. Express your love to Jesus and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. So glad to uh, have Lindsay visiting with us tonight. And uh, this is Christian's sister. Amen. All the way from Tennessee, and uh, I was just thinking about tonight. She was holding my daughter, Brooklyn, and uh, I thought to myself, and then I realized, you know, the first time I ever met Lindsay, she was about the same size as Brooklyn, and so that was a few years ago, and we're so glad to have her uh, with us here tonight. Now, uh, how many are thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost? How, How many are thankful for salvation? 
for that time when the Lord took you from a life of sin and put his spirit inside of you and made a change in your life and you had a ticket to hell and he took that ticket from you and gave you a ticket to heaven. How many are thankful for salvation? I mean, just think about it. Your, your, your objective or your agenda, your direction in life included a, an eternity of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And God said, okay, I'll make a trade with you. I'll trade you and I'll give you eternal life an eternal life of happiness and fulfillment and bliss in heaven. And so I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit and uh, for the blood of Jesus Christ which washed our sins away. And many of us can think back and remember to when we were introduced to the Lord and when we experienced New Testament salvation and how wonderful it was when we received the Holy Ghost and how powerful it was when we gave our life to the Lord, wasn't it? Amen. It was fantastic and it was wonderful. And uh, but what I've come to talk to you tonight is not about that initial salvation experience, uh, but uh, following your receiving of the Holy Ghost and following your redemption from sin, there comes God's plan in your life, which is for you to grow and mature spiritually and become what God wants you to be. And uh, God's plan when he saved you was not just to give you a ticket to heaven. But God's plan, as I mentioned this morning, was he wants to use you uh, to help advance and expand the kingdom of God. That's why God chose you. Otherwise, as soon as you got the Holy Ghost, God would have killed you. So you go straight to heaven. Amen. How many are glad God didn't kill you? I mean, there's some people I wish God would do it so they could make it to heaven, but get them prayed through and say, take them, Lord. But uh, no, God left us here on the earth so that we could be ministers, so that we could be servants of the Lord and the kingdom of God. And so when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, some people, uh, through uh, the fault of the church sometimes, church leaders, uh, maybe some of it's their fault. We don't. We haven't come to assign fault. But many people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then they fail to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. They are a believer. They have had an experience, but they don't grow into a disciple of Jesus Christ. And the Lord said, "If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed." Not. Those that start in my word, not those that have an experience in my spirit, but it's those that continue in the words of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, who are the disciples of the Lord. And so uh, our purpose and plan for our church uh, that has been stated over and over and over and over and over again, we are not here just to have powerful services We're not here just to have a move of the Holy Ghost, but God has placed us at 380 South Rosemead in Pasadena, California, for one great purpose, and that is to make disciples. Because disciples, by definition, are followers of Jesus Christ, disciplined followers of Jesus Christ. Everybody say disciplined. Say disciple. Disciple, discipline. They kind of sound the same, don't they? That's because they come from the same root word. Disciple comes from the word discipline. And so God's plan, I believe, is not just to have one leader and a bunch of followers. 
God's plan is for the church to be full of growing, maturing disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? If you believe that, clap your hands. Good chance for a drink of water. Amen. And uh, so, but, but here's the deal. How do I become a disciple? I've received the Holy Ghost. I'm excited. I'm zealous. I feel like shouting and dancing. And when they, when they sing that song, I'm a dancing generation, I feel the groove. I feel the spirit. It makes me want to dance. I want to rejoice. But how do I become a disciple? Is there a difference between somebody that comes to church, somebody that feels the presence of the Lord, somebody that believes in Jesus Christ, and somebody who is a disciple of the Lord? And see, this is where the rubber meets the pavement. This is where the real issue is settled. And that is, are you interested in being a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because there's lots of people that like the bread. And the fishes, the loaves and the fishes, there's lots of people that like to come and see the miracles. But then when the crowd diffuses, there are some disciples that are hanging around saying, how much more of Jesus can we get? How much closer to the Lord can I get? Amen. And the kingdom is not advanced by the multitude, but the kingdom is advanced by disciples of Jesus Christ. And God wants, I believe, in our community, as the church expands, he wants the church to be made up of a core of growing, developing. Developing, ministering disciples. That's God's plan, is for you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. How many want to be a disciple? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you want to be a disciple, otherwise you wouldn't be here tonight. Amen. And uh, so, if, if I am trying to accomplish something, build something, put something together, it's important sometimes to have a model. Everybody say model. Another idea is, is like a blueprint. If I'm building a building, I want a, a blueprint. If I am trying to accomplish something, I want something that I can look to, uh, a, a model. And uh, when uh, my father was involved in a church building program, he built a new church right on a brand new property. Uh, the church did. And so my father engaged someone in building a model, a small version of what they were going to build. So as they build, people would have in their mind, this is where we're going. Okay? This, this, is, this is where we're going. And uh, so what I, what I want to share with you tonight is what does a disciple look like? And what is a model of a disciple? If I'm going to be a disciple, what is it that I'm patterning myself, patterning myself after? And another term that you may be familiar with is mentor. If, if someone is your mentor, that means you are striving or trying to be like that person. Of course, Jesus is our mentor. Jesus is our ultimate pattern. If we could bring Jesus into this place, I would just tell you, try to be like him, and you'll be a disciple, all right? If you can do everything he does, if you can talk like him, if you can walk like him and act like him, then you will be a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ. But here's the issue. We have people that experience the presence of God and the power of God, but they have no pattern to follow, and they have no role model, and they have no blueprint to how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it's critical and very important for us to realize that God wants us to grow spiritually. I wish I could tell you that if you receive the Holy Ghost, then everything falls into place and you know exactly what you ought to do. The Bible says the spirit of truth leads and guides to all truth, right? So the spirit of the Lord can lead and guide you. But God also gave us the written word. 
And the written word is very important in our personal spiritual growth. Amen. We need the written word of God. We need to study it and we need to learn it. We need to know it. Now, I believe that there are five habits. Everybody hold up five fingers. Five habits of a maturing Christian. Five habits. You might want to write them down or jot them down or think about these with me. Five habits. Now, habit seems like kind of a common word, right? It's just kind of a uh, a term that we don't associate with church very much. We think a lot of times about bad habits. <laughs> Some bad habits may be uh, uh, smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, chewing your fingernails. These are these are habits. Uh, but uh, you can also have good habits. And so uh, the word habit is the same as a discipline, something you do regularly, intentionally. Okay? And so if I'm a disciple, I need to have disciplines, things that I do regularly, intentionally. Okay? If I want to grow in the Lord, I need to know what do I need to do. I, if going to church once a week not, is not enough, what do I need to do? Okay? Five habits of spiritual growth and uh, uh, of growing spiritually. Number one is, everybody say, Word of God. Word of God. You must become personally familiar with the Word of the Lord. Amen? And you, you've got to get the Word of God in your mind and in your heart. Now, there are several ways to receive the Word of the Lord. The first way is, everybody touch your ear. Listening, okay? Hearing the Word of the Lord. That's what's happening tonight as we open up the Bible and begin to study the Word of God together. You are gaining strength. That's why it's important to be in church, amen? So that you can hear the Word of the Lord and you can gain strength thereby. But that's not the only way that you can receive, amen, the word of the Lord. There's another way. Everybody say read. You can read the word of the Lord. Now, the first one, hearing, requires you to have a preacher or a cassette tape or something where you can hear the word. Secondly, if you read, all you need is a Bible, B-I-B-L-E. And my favorite version of the Bible to read casually is the New Living Translation. Now, you may have another favorite. You may like to read the King James Version. I enjoy reading it. It's very poetic, but it's hard to understand sometimes. But reading the Word of the Lord is very important. This is how you receive. We're still on the first one. We're still on the Word of God, okay? So how do I, how do I receive the Word of God? Hearing. I also receive it by reading the Word of the Lord. Now, there's another level that I can go to, and it's called studying. Studying. What's the difference between reading and studying? Well, reading, you're just going through and uh, trying to comprehend what the passage is saying. Studying requires jotting down some notes, cross-referencing words in scriptures, and you must learn as a disciple how to study the Word of the Lord, how to study God's Word for myself. And so as I'm reading, something catches my attention, and I say, well, what does this mean? I study it, and maybe I get another book, a commentary. You can get a commentary on a computer, and you can learn to study the Word of the Lord, okay? So how, how do I uh, get in contact with the Word? Well, I can hear, I can read, I can study. Number four, memorize. Everybody say memorize. You can memorize the Word of the Lord. This is important in spiritual growth. I know you're not swinging from the chandeliers right now, but this will help you spiritually if you'll apply what I'm telling you. Memorizing the Word of the Lord is very, very important. And... Uh, um, <clears throat> It's very simple, just like you would memorize something for school. Anybody ever had to memorize something for school? Jeffrey, what have you had to memorize for school? Vocabulary words, all right? 
Anybody had to memorize anything in school that you can still remember? Brother Chet can still remember the states because he had to memorize them in school. He committed them to memory. That's what memorize means. Commitment to memory. And I had to memorize some things while I was in school. I can still remember some things that I memorized when I was in high school. I had to memorize the Lord's Prayer in ancient Celtic English. And I had to memorize the prologue to the Canterbury Tales in in uh, 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 Gothic English. It goes something like this. Ponder April with the short suit of drug of March at Paris to the root and every and bother every vein and switch the curve which Verdu and Jandre is the floor once after Zeke was sweated, breast and spotted half and every halt in the hate the tender coppers and the younger son had in the room of course Girona and especially from every shadow's end from Eagle on the Canterbury they went to the holy blissful martyr for to seek that him hath hoping one that they were weaker. I felt something right there. Mm. But no, it's called committing to memory. And while I was in uh, junior high and high school, I was blessed to be a part of Bible quizzing. And I was able to commit the entire book of Romans to memory. Now, don't ask me to quote all of it uh, because uh, it's going to be tough. But uh, we're able to uh, take scriptures. Now, memorizing takes discipline. You don't just memorize something because you say, this is important. You have to commit it to memory. But this is a very important part of growing spiritually is committing the word of the Lord to memory. Okay? And so, and then finally, uh, the final thing that you do in this first habit, which is the word of God, is meditation. Meditating on the word of the Lord. Now, how do I meditate on the word of the Lord? I get a promise from God's word or I read a passage and then I think about the words of the passage, and I close my, my, my eyes, and I just think about the implications of this passage to my life, and I, and I pray about it, and I pray about this promise. This is meditating on the Word of the Lord. So if I want to grow spiritually, I've got to get myself a connection with the Word of God through hearing, amen, through reading, through studying, through memorizing, and through uh, uh, finally and through finally uh, meditating on the Word of the Lord. So first of all, the first habit of a disciple is getting personally connected with the Word of God. If you want to grow spiritually, uh, a Sunday night shout is not going to take you all the way. Amen? Thank God for praying through, and, and thank God for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that, that we experience in the presence of the Lord. But I've got to become connected to the Word of God. Amen? And it can't be just at church that I get connected to the Word of God. I've got to learn how to be connected to God's Word at home and, and maybe take the Bible to my workplace or get some cassettes that I can listen to on the Word of the Lord and get connected to God's Word. So, number one, a growing disciple is connected to the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Secondly is prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer is an important part of a growing disciple's life. If you don't have a relationship with God through prayer, then you're going to have a difficult time growing into a disciple. What's going to happen? You're going to be excited on Sunday, and by Thursday you're going to be down in the dumps. And if Sunday service ain't quite hot enough for you, you're going to have to go two weeks, and you're going to get really low because you don't know how to connect with God for yourself in prayer. 
You don't have a relationship with God through prayer. Prayer is an integral part of growing spiritually and staying in tune with God and staying on fire with God. Amen? And, and prayer, like anything else that's valuable, is a discipline. Just like lifting weights is a discipline or jogging is a discipline or walking every day uh, or, or good health habits are disciplines, things that you do intentionally to benefit yourself. The same is true with prayer. Sometimes when you get started praying, it's a challenge. Amen? It's difficult. There is conflict. Your flesh doesn't want to pray. Let me be honest with you. Sometimes I have to grab myself by the back of the neck and take myself to the place of prayer and shove myself to my knees and say, you're going to pray whether you feel like it or not. Why? Because I realize that there's a benefit there. And if I don't do it, I'm going to struggle. Come on. If I, if I feel myself drifting, I don't have to call somebody. Amen. I don't have to say, what do I do? Oh, man, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not succeeding. I'm not growing. I, I feel like I'm losing out spiritually. It's real simple. Just find a place and make yourself get down and pray until you tap in with God. Man, prayer is an important and integral part of a growing disciple's life. So we've got, first of all, connection to God through His Word. Secondly, connection to God through prayerfulness. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the next uh, sign or signature of a disciple is faithfulness. Everyone say faithfulness. Faithfulness is a sign of Commitment, and it's easy to be excited about something, and uh, we're 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 overjoyed when somebody gets excited about the kingdom of God. But we see that there is a maturing that's happening when somebody begins to be faithful to the kingdom of God, that they can be depended on, that they can be counted on. Now, you want me to tell you what a disciple looks like? Jesus' disciples during his earthly ministry weren't flitting in and out of his life. Now, we do know that when Jesus went to the cross that Peter denied him and some of the disciples fled. But the, the, the earmark of a disciple is commitment and faithfulness to the cause. And I want to say just right now, and we'll talk more about it this weekend, but I want to say thank you so much to so many of you who have been so committed to this process that we're going through in this facelift and who have helped and really been a blessing. And this is a sign of spiritual maturity your desire to be faithful and committed to the kingdom of God. Amen? And so faithfulness, faithfulness to a local church assembly. And uh, there are some that feel like that they are spiritual people, spiritual beings, but they don't commit to any church. They float from one church to another. But they never can become a disciple of Jesus because they can never begin to develop their ministry until they become connected and put their roots into a local church. Amen? Praise God. So faithfulness is a habit of a disciple. So here's what we've got so far, three of them. Number one, connection through the Word of God. Number two, connection through prayer. And number three, disciples are faithful. Amen? Number four area is finances. God's plan is called tithing. And uh, so God's plan for, the, for uh, his children, for the kingdom of God, is that we give to God 10% of the income that he blesses us with. And the word of God lets us know what we're saying is we understand that it all belongs to you, God. But you're letting me use 90% of it. 
and you're going to bless that 90% of it. So God's plan is for us to be committed to tithing. And then beyond that, we uh, give in offerings according to our free will. Nobody tells us how much to give. Nobody tells us what percentage to give. That's between me and the Lord of what percentage that I give. There could be suggestions that are given, but offerings are just that, something you offer not something required. Tithing is what God expects of every Christian. In fact, he says, if you're not doing it and you call yourself a Christian, you're really robbing from me. Amen. That's not me. That's the word of God. Okay. And so tithing is a part of being a spiritual disciple in finances. And number five is, is a, is an area called sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification. It's, the word sanctification is a fancy word that simply means the process of purification. Now, when we are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we're justified, which means that before God, we have no sins. It's just as if we've never sinned. And it happens immediately. Isn't that awesome? I can come in here. I could just have been involved in a terrible thing. I could just have been involved in a lifestyle that was horrible. But I come into the house of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord deals with me. I lay my life on the altar. I cry out to God. And God forgives me of every sin I've ever done. Everything I've ever done wrong. Every word I've ever said that's been hurtful. Every, every sinful thing I've ever done. It's just as if I never did it. That's called justification. Aren't you glad for justification? Because if it weren't for that, we'd be, we'd be feeling pretty bad tonight. We wouldn't be singing about the dancing generation. We'd be singing the blues. Amen? But because Jesus justified us, it means we are cleansed from our sins. But then, after that immediate justification, begins the process of purification, which is called sanctification, which is the transformation or the change in our life that makes us holy or separate unto the Lord. And so a part of spiritual maturity and discipleship, a disciple is somebody who is growing closer to the Lord, farther from the world, and the impurities of the world are being removed from them, and their desire begins to be to be pure before the Lord. So the five habits of a growing disciple in life church, five habits. Number one, connection with the Word of God. Number two, connection with through prayer, hallelujah, through prayer, being connected to the Lord. Number four, we mentioned faithfulness, and then we mentioned finances and tithing, and then finally we mentioned sanctification. Now, all of them, we could spend two or three weeks on them, but I wanted to give you just a quick overview. What does a disciple look like? Now, by way of a visual image, and I'm about to close here and finish up. By way of a visual image, the other day, Brother Donnie pulled up in his white truck, and in the back of the truck, he had a tree, and that tree was in a box. Anybody seen that before? The, the root system was in a box. That tree was being transported from the nursery to our church property, and you can see the beautiful trees that have been planted around the church property. And uh, one model that I've mentioned briefly before, and just mentioned briefly again, for spiritual maturity and discipleship what do i want to be in the model 
uh, this model, the Bible says you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And so a tree is the model. And there are three parts to the tree. First of all, there is the root system. Then there are the tree trunk and the branches. And finally, there is the fruit of the tree, the fruit of the tree. So first of all is the root system. Secondly, the branches and the trunk. And thirdly, the root, uh, uh, the fruit, I mean, of the tree. And so a tree is just like a model. This is something that you can visualize. I want to grow spiritually, so what do I need to be doing? And first of all, with every tree, good tree, there is a root system. Everybody say root system. And uh, I mentioned this before. Brother Donnie told me that I was wrong, so hopefully this is correct. First of all, the kind of roots that give the tree stability are called tap roots. Is that right? These are the hard wooden kind of roots. And when you're uh, many, many of the men have had to deal with some of these tap roots, haven't you, uh, out there working on the property. Uh, some of you have had to take the, uh, uh, the pick to, to these uh, uh, thick, uh, inflexible, hard roots. And then from the tap roots come small, kind of almost like hair-like appendages, which are called feeler roots. Am I right? I'm correct now. So there's two types of roots. There's the tap roots, which give the tree stability. Everybody say stability. So that when the wind blows, the tree stays. So that when the earthquake comes, the tree doesn't fall over. So that when the wind and the ice and the snow fall on the branches, the tree stands. Why? Because there is a expanding, strong root system that underspreads the tree's growth. This is a disciple as well. There must be a root system that's allowed to grow. Now, here's the first implication of having a root system. Now, that tree that was in the back of Donnie's truck, I don't think it would live all that long and be very successful if it had to spend the rest of its life riding everywhere in the back of Brother Donnie's truck. Now, Brother Donnie's a pretty good driver, but, but still, that's not the intention. Uh, a tree cannot grow if it's in a box. What does it have to be? It has to be planted, okay? A tree must be planted. It must have a place where it is set and established. And then the roots grow and expand. And the same is true of a disciple. What does a disciple look like? First of all, you will know that the person is a disciple is that they are planted somewhere where they can grow and be established. A, a disciple is not someone who moves from one church to the next church to the next church. And all of us, many, many of you have had situations in your life where the Lord has moved you on. And uh, uh, it may have been right. It may have been wrong. We don't know. But all we know is this is where you are today. Amen. And uh, if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to find a local church, find a place where you can bless and benefit and get established there and let your root system grow into the ground. Amen. So first of all, uh, a disciple is someone who is rooted in one place. Now, this uh, is 
popular with some, unpopular with other people, but it, it's, it's a fact that stands is that disciples are planted. The Bible says the kingdom of God is made up of lively stones that are fitly framed together. When we're putting the stonework outside, we frame them together. Now, the stonework's not going to be any good if every once in a while one of the stones just decides to jump off and go somewhere else. Why? Because it's not fitly framed together anymore. You only build a building by lively stones, not rolling stones. By lively stones that are framed together. And a disciple, first of all, is someone who is planted. Everybody say, he's plowing now. Okay, we get down in the dirt and we turn it up and, and uh, uh, try to get the word of the Lord established. So we must be planted. Got to uh, pick a piece of real estate and get established there because you'll never reach your potential riding around the back of a pickup truck. Amen? So in the ground is a wide supply of nourishment. So set your roots deeply and let them grow. Set your roots deeply and let them grow. Now the old roots are the tap roots. Hold the tree in place as they branch out and establish the tree. It's the feeler roots that are in search of fresh nutrients. And because of the root system, trees can weather radical climate change, severe winds, and even drought if there's a quality root system that's established. Now, what about in my life spiritually? I've got to be planted somewhere, first of all. I can't be transient and reach my greatest potential. And once I choose to serve God, then I've got to choose a church body so that my root system can begin to grab a hold of ground and gain strength from the supply, amen, that's there. And so the tap roots or the thick woody roots are the biblical doctrine and teaching that we receive that are anchored in Scripture, amen, in the Word of God, and these stabilize us, amen. Some people just want froth all the time. Some people just want excitement and meringue from the top of the cake, and they don't want any substance. And But the thing is, is doctrinal teaching and doctrinal understanding is what gives us stability, amen. And there are doctrines and teachings that are an important part of the church that give us stability so that when the winds blow and when the rain comes, the, the, our life is going to stay strong. These are core values that are tough and inflexible. Sometimes people are angry at people who have doctrinal stability because we seem, uh, what's the word that they use? They say you're, you're intolerant, you're inflexible, you're too rigid. Well, the fact is that intolerance, quote-unquote, that inflexibility, that rigidity is what gives us strength so that when the storm comes through and everybody's life is blown apart and everybody's faith is blown, there's something that keeps us anchored, and that's our doctrinal understanding of the truth of the Word of God. Amen? And the, the feeler roots, things that are always searching for nutrients, this is like our worship, our praise, our prayer, and uh, our desire to connect with God and maintain the flow of spiritual health. I'm always looking for a move of God. Amen? See, somebody who wants to be a disciple, but then they come to church and the Spirit of the Lord begins to move and they just kind of close up. 
Something's wrong there. Their feeler roots aren't working. Because God's ready to move and the Spirit of the Lord's ready to give them strength and nourishment and they don't have their feelers out. Or somebody that, that uh, doesn't want to be a part of Bible study, wants to tune out when the Word of God is being taught. There's a lack of hunger for spiritual nutrients and strength that's being evidenced. Amen? And when your root system is in place, together with the thick tap roots that give us stability and the feeler roots that enable us to tap into God's resources, we can weather the storms of life that happen on the inside. Amen? And our faith that is rooted ensures we will weather the storm and weather the trouble without losing our relationship with God. Everybody say amen. Amen. Then a disciple also is made up of a trunk and branches. What do we learn from the trunk and branches? The trunk symbolizes the growth of the tree. Anybody ever seen when you cut down a tree and there are the rings? And and if you know what you're doing, you can tell how old a tree is based on the number of rings. They represent seasonal growth. And as you look, you cut down a tree and you look, some years the tree grew a lot, right? Right? Some, some years the, the tree grew just a little bit. It, it depended on exposure to light, exposure to rain and moisture, whether the tree grew a little bit or a lot. And the same is true with the disciple. Sometimes we will grow a lot. Sometimes we will grow a little bit. But in the seasons of life, just like in the seasons, there's sometimes when we're growing, sometimes we are just waiting. Other times we begin to grow, then we are waiting. But one thing is true is that we're always in the process of growing. And if a tree stops growing, what does that mean? It's a dead tree. It's a dead tree. And just like um, Albert and I were working on this brush over here and pruning with um, uh, those big pincher clippers and... Uh, the hardest ones to clip were ones that were dead. It was hard to deal with things that were dead. Uh, but uh, uh, as long as you're a disciple, you're spiritually growing inch by inch. You're getting stronger, wider, taller, more vibrant. God never intends for his disciples to go into reverse gear. Are you with me? It's always growing. Always expanding. Amen? Amen. I may be going through some tough times, and I may not be growing as fast as I was, but I'm still growing if I'm a disciple. I don't put it in reverse. I don't back out. I don't say, okay, I'm going to take a break for a while. I'm always growing. I'm always reaching. Amen? I'm always reaching toward the sun to captivate its value. I want everything that God has for me. And just like a branch, a disciple desires everything that God has to give to them. Amen? Praise the Lord. And finally, fruit. Fruit on a tree is a product of a healthy tree. If there's strong roots, then there's a strong trunk, strong branches, and then fruit is the result of properly maintaining the tree. And even if the fruit fruit carries the seed also for future trees and has the power to feed people and bless people and benefit people. And even if the fruit falls to the ground and rots, it also serves a purpose of providing humus for the health of the tree and or the developing seeds. And Christians, the Bible said, are to be known by their fruits. Fruit tell the story of the inner man. Is that inner man anchored in his relationship with the Lord? All you have to do is look at the fruit. Amen? 
And uh, and uh, if a person is rooted in Jesus, then you'll be, see the evidence by the fruit. If they're rooted in some other soil, you'll see that evidence. Is that person maturing as a result of exposure to God's Word? Or is that person withering and unhealthy? How do you tell? It's evidenced by the fruit in their life. Amen? And Christians cannot fake fruit. You can't fake it. It's a byproduct. And uh, there's three types of fruit that, of fruit that healthy Christians produce. Number one is healing. Number two is harvesting. And number three is helping. And people that are producing fruit are not interested in themselves. They're concerned about believers. They're concerned about the lost. And they're concerned about contributing to the kingdom of of God. So the three areas, once again, are, first of all, healing, harvesting, helping. Healing, harvesting, helping. That's the fruit that a disciple produces. Fruit for healing, fruit for harvest, and finally, fruit for helping. The healing is for my brothers and sisters in Christ. A disciple is concerned about other believers, whether they're growing spiritually or not. Secondly, we're interested in the harvest. Part of the fruit of a disciple is their concern about lost people. And helping, which is service to the kingdom of God. As I mentioned, those of you that are helping on this project, you are manifesting spiritual fruit. You're manifesting spiritual fruit or a desire to be involved and volunteer and also to discover a ministry focus for your life. So very uh, uh, quickly in summation, the model of spiritual growth, how do I get strong roots? First of all, I've got to commit to the Lord and commit to one church body. If I want my root system to be strong, I've got to commit to Jesus Christ and I've got to be committed to a church body. I also need to attend and be an active participant whenever the church is gathered together for worship. I need to be there. I need to be counted on. I need to be there helping. I need to be help there helping create the atmosphere. And thirdly, if I want a strong root system, I've got to be determined to pray. Pray at church and pray at home. I've got to have the strength. Amen. I've got to be committed to the church, committed to the kingdom of God, committed to attendance and determined to pray. Hallelujah. Now, how about the growth of the trunk and the branches? How does that happen? How do I grow spiritually? It's important to attend Bible study. When we have Bible study on Wednesday night, somebody says, well, that's the boring time. And that's the time when uh, uh, you can get, catch your 40 winks and get your rest. No, that's the time where you can actually grow spiritually. Amen? Another way to grow spiritually is to get a one-year Bible and go through the Bible yourself. Amen? And, and maybe take down notes and have a daily devotional Bible. Second, another way to grow is bring your Bible to church. Everybody say, bring your Bible. Bring your own Bible to church. Mark in it. Underline it. Make it your own. I notice some of these young people and young ladies writing notes uh, uh, during church, and then they'll go back and look over the notes. Uh, this is about growing spiritually, not just sitting there and vegging out. Amen? It's about growing spiritually and expanding and the trunk and the branches growing and, uh, and, and developing. Amen? And finally, uh, as far as fruit is concerned, how can I bear fruit for healing at Life Church? First of all is... 
is to find ways to care for the church family and be a part of meeting needs for other people. How can I be involved in harvesting? Be aware when there are guests that visit our church and make them feel welcome. This is all of our jobs. This is not just the job of the usher or the greeter. This is everybody who is a disciple is concerned about the harvest and also handing out vitamin cards. Anybody doing one-a-day vitamins? I haven't been doing these the last few days, but I need to get back in the habit of handing out and inviting people out to the house of the Lord. This is how I can bear fruit of harvesting. Amen? And finally, helping, just like we mentioned, being involved in this project and finding a place to volunteer in the kingdom of God and also discovering a focus for my ministry. God wants all of us to be involved in ministry. And you wonder why you cannot grow and develop spiritually. Let me challenge you. Find a place to be involved in the kingdom of God, ministering and serving other people, and you will watch yourself begin to grow and develop and prosper. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I know I've given you just a machine gun load of uh, material and content tonight, but uh, hopefully some of it will find a resting place in your heart, a lodging place in your spirit, and you can leave here tonight saying, you know what, I don't want to just be a churchgoer, and I don't want to just be a pew dweller. I don't want to just be a quote-unquote Christian, but I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Some of you, God has called you to great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. And you can see beyond where you are now being used of God in a mighty way. But let me tell you, between here and now, there must be spiritual growth that happens. There must be discipleship that happens. Amen? There must be my own personal development and growth that takes place so that I can bear fruit and be used mightily of God. It starts one step at a time. Amen. I wish I could be right here, and there's where I want to be. I could just take one big and land there. But it's one foot in front of another, isn't it? Amen. It's denying myself. It's committing myself to prayer. It's reading and studying the Word of the Lord. It's being involved and faithful to the kingdom of God. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take a brain surgeon. All you've got to do is get your carcass out of bed and get to church and be faithful to the kingdom of God. Amen. It's, it's easy enough in theory. It's a little more difficult in practice. But just be faithful to the kingdom of God. Be committed to the house of the Lord. Amen. And, uh, and, and watch yourself begin to grow spiritually. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together right now. We're going to receive the word of the Lord for just a moment. I want you to close your eyes right now. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. And for five minutes, I want us right now, four or five minutes, just to ask the Lord to let the word of God be applied to our heart.